Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome back to another episode of Steeler Stat Geek. This is Behind the Steel Curtain co-editor Dave Schofield here ready for some geeky number time. Man, I tell you, I don't know if I'm going to get used to this. I'm loving the music track to kick off these shows. I mean, thank you very much to the Jerry Cherry Band for supplying us with some great tunes to get these shows rolling. It is Thursday morning, and this is the Steelers' first off day since they went to fully padded practices on Monday. So we've got to get into some real training camp this week. It's been fantastic. I mean, the the coverage is what it is. It's a lot to be desired. Um, Not that anybody's doing anything wrong. It's just all that they are really allowed to cover for teams because of the whole uh, no preseason and all that other stuff going on with, you know, the, the, with the COVID-19 restrictions and everything like that, that it's basically to try to level the playing field. They, they said certain things that can't be shared uh, from teams with um, from the practice time. So there's not a lot of information, but there's some. So we take that some information and we grab it and we run with it and we like to see what's going on. I know the Steelers worked out uh, a tight end on Wednesday uh, just to see. Probably that had to do with 
uh, the injury to Dax Raymond on Tuesday, that if he wasn't going to be available, they probably were just ready to have somebody else to come into camp. Uh, so who knows if something will happen there, if there'll be any kind of signing or whatnot. Uh, I wouldn't read too much into it until there's actually a roster move because the other person that was injured on Tuesday was a uh, fourth round draft pick, um, Kevin Dotson, who, uh, who hurt a knee was helped off the field by Ben Roethlisberger. But, uh, in, in Wednesday's, uh, press conference after practice, head coach Mike Tomlin said that they are, uh, quote, short term injuries. So those guys could be missing a little bit of time, but it's not something that uh, they look to, to linger too long, which is really great news, especially for Dotson, because his appeared to be a little bit more serious uh, at the time. But uh, we're here to talk numbers. This is Stat Geek, and we're here to talk numbers. And this week, the the numbers we're going to discuss con- are, are coming from a, a fan question, a, a listener question. Um, this was from, you know what, I'm going to, I better just go with the YouTube name. It's from Captain Underpants. <laughs> that is his, his username on YouTube. Um, whenever we do our live shows and he's in the live chat, uh, he emailed me some questions. He was not the only person to email me some, some questions, but it's just so happens to be what we're going to look at this week. Now, before I dive into that, I do want to say I am looking for StatGeek questions. If you're curious about something, if there's a numbers trend or a number thing that you're wondering about, please get a hold of me and send me that question. You can get a hold of me on Twitter at STLR Superfandad or by email at STLR Superfandad at gmail.com. Or you could just go to behindthesteelcurtain.com, find any of the articles on the site where in which I am the author, which there's always at least one or two every day, click on that article and my email should be right there or my Twitter, or even just comment on the article. I could probably get it that way as well. If you have a question for stat geek or even better, go, go to the website. Um, anytime pretty much after this show is out, there is an article on Steeler stat geek that, 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 introduces the 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 show for the week and has ways to listen to it you could comment on that article right there that would be the best place to comment if you wanted to ask a question as well so i'm always looking for questions and and things to look up and bottom line is you ask a question it starts churning in my mind and then all of a sudden i can't stop until i get the answer i'm like oh i got to know what that is and then i dig and i dig and i have to figure stuff out hopefully i don't have to do too much digging because it is training camp. There's a lot of Steelers news going on. I've got podcasts, articles, family, everything happening right now. So hopefully it's not too much digging, but I, I don't mind compiling some stats. I've got the notebooks um, that I that I keep on a bunch of stats. And who knows? Maybe I've already have the information for it. I just have to present it. So that's the nice little intro into this week's topic. This week, we're talking about Ben Roethlisberger being on the comeback trail. And the reason we're talking about that is I was asked about Ben Roethlisberger currently being the favorite for comeback player of the year for 2020. When you look at the Las Vegas odds and, you know, as you know, there's a lot of different things that you can bet on, but 
when you look at those odds, Ben Roethlisberger ha- has the best chance right now to be comeback player of the year. Now, it makes sense because for comeback player of the year, the majority of the time, it is a quarterback. The last two seasons, it's been a quarterback. Then there was a four-season stretch in there from 2014 to 2017 where it wasn't a quarterback. It went tight end Rob Gronkowski in 2014, safety Eric Berry in 2015, wide receiver Jordy Nelson in 2016, and wide receiver Keenan Allen in 2017. Then it got into 2018 Andrew Luck, 2019 Ryan Tannehill. We'll be talking more about them here in a little bit. Then if you go before that, it was, oh my goodness, one, two, three, four, five, six straight years of a quarterback being comeback player of the year. From 2008 through 2013, uh, was it was a quarterback every year. Chad Pennington, Tom Brady, Michael Vick, Matthew Stafford, Peyton Manning, and Philip Rivers. We'll talk about that one as well. But the question that was presented was, if Ben is the front runner for comeback player of the year right now, what kind of season does he need to have in order to get this award? Now, first and foremost, I have to say, Ben Roethlisberger is not worried about being comeback player of the year. If he is, that's great. I mean, not if he's worried about it. If he wins it, that's great. That's great for him, and that's great for the Steelers. Because if that happens, it means the Steelers had a, had a good year. So bottom line is, it's one of those things that it would be nice to get, but it's not the focus. The focus is on having a great year for the Pittsburgh Steelers and hopefully far into the playoffs to the Super Bowl and bring home that Lombardi at the end of the season. That's the goal. Now, if that happens, there's a fantastic chance that Ben Roethlisberger will win the award. Now, he's not the only Steelers player that could possibly win it, and we'll talk about that in a little bit, but... uh Everyone else would have a much more difficult um, path to get there. So he's he's primed and ready to go. Of course, there's some other players that that were on the list. It's funny because um, in Tuesday night's Scobro show that I do with my brother Rich on our YouTube channel, which is also on our audio platform, which hopefully you have already checked that out. There was someone in the live chat. I really wish I could remember who it was. I can't remember who it was to give him credit, but there was somebody in the live chat that said, um, nah, Ben's not going to win comeback player of the year because all Rob Gronkowski needs is one catch for five yards and a touchdown. And he's a shoe in, which I don't know if that's the case. Um, I mean, Ben is coming back from injury where Gronk was coming back from quote unquote retirement or basically, coming back from, I only will play with Tom Brady, but I don't want to play for Bill Belichick anymore. Um, If you really want to take it that way. So who knows? Maybe he's got that against him. But the question was, what kind of numbers would it take for him to get this award? So let's dive into the numbers. I'm going to look at the last five quarterbacks to win this award. It goes back to 2011. I didn't go back to 2010. 2010, Michael Vick won it for the Philadelphia Eagles. The reason I didn't want to go back that far is Vick did not play a full season, which kind of would throw off the numbers, but there's someone else that didn't that threw off the numbers as well, but I had to include him. So we'll talk about that in a little bit. And I really felt that with, you know, with Vick also being the, the running threat, that those stats could then 
kind of mess everything up a little bit. So I went from 2011 on, which was Matthew Stafford in 2011, 2012 Peyton Manning, 2013 Philip Rivers, 2018 Andrew Luck, and 2019 Ryan Tannehill. Now, Ryan Tannehill, he did not play in or start 16 games. He only had 10 games. So we'll start with him. And when I do some other numbers, I'm actually going to adjust his stats based on what he did in 10 games to say what would it have been if it was 16 in order to, to help bring the numbers together a little bit better. Tannehill won it in 2019. He was 7-3 and as a starter, made the Pro Bowl, took his team to the playoffs. He, he completed 201 of 286 passing attempts for 70.3% completion rate. 2,742 yards, 22 touchdowns, six interceptions. Now, those numbers are the lowest of any of these guys because it was only 10 games. Andrew Luck, in 2018, he went 10 and 6. He was 430 of 639, passing for 67.3%. He threw for for 4,593 yards with 39 touchdowns and 15 interceptions. He was also went, went to the Pro Bowl and took his team to the playoffs. In then you had the then you had the jump. Jump all the way back to 2013. Philip Rivers. We'll talk about him a little bit more, but let's give let's give his numbers first. Philip Rivers went 9 and 7, 378 out of 554 for 69.5% completion rate. He threw for 4,478 yards, 32 touchdowns, and 11 interceptions. The year before that, Peyton Manning oh, and Philip Rivers took his team to the playoffs, went to the Pro Bowl. 2012, it was Peyton Manning, 13-3 and three Peyton Manning, 400 of 583, six, which was 68.6% uh, passing completion, uh, 4,659 yards, 37 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. All pro. Took his team to the playoffs. Got bounced in the first round, though. Um, and then the year before was Matthew Stafford. He went 10 and 6. He, he was 421 of 663. 63.5% completion rate. That was the lowest of the five. But he threw for 5,038 yards. So there he went over 5,000 yards and 41 touchdowns with 16 interceptions. Now, what was interesting, though, was Stafford threw for 41 touchdowns, 5,000 yards, took his team to the playoffs, did not make the Pro Bowl. He did not make the Pro Bowl in that season. He won Comeback Player of the Year. So I looked at all these numbers. I'm like, okay, well, first of all, there are, there are two of these players that stand out. And, and that is this. Well, let's first, let's talk about the three that stood out in a good way. Andrew Luck in 2018, he came in after missing an entire season and won the award. Peyton Manning in 2012, missed the entire season before with his neck injury, came in and won the award. Matthew Stafford in 2011 only played in three games. So that's one more than what Ben Roethlisberger played in and came back and won the award. The thing about the other two guys is they didn't miss the season before. They won comeback player of the year just for having a better year from the from the year before. For example, let's look at Ryan Tannehill this past year. He went 7 and 3 as a starter. Um he changed teams. 
He played with Miami the year before, started 11 games and went five and six. Um, had 17 touchdowns and nine interceptions. So it was more because it was a bounce back year. But the one that really stands out was Philip Rivers in 2013. He won the comeback player of the year going nine and seven. After the previous year, he started all 16 games and went seven and nine. You heard me correct. He won comeback player of the year just by winning two more games than what he did the year before. Now he threw for 1,200 more yards, six more touchdowns, four less interceptions. So, I mean, he had a better year, but he just came back from a nine and seven year and he won comeback player of the year. So right there, that tells you that Ben Roethlisberger is going to fit the criteria of did he miss enough time in, in, 2019 in order to really qualify. Absolutely. So it's not like he, he's not going to be an option there. So that was interesting. But the other thing that's interesting in these numbers were four out of the five made the pro bowl. Only one made all pro that was Peyton Manning, but four out of the five made the pro bowl. Stafford put up the best numbers in terms of yards and there's and touchdowns, but he didn't make the pro bowl. But the one thing in common of all five, they all took their team to the playoffs. So Ben Roethlisberger is on the comeback trail. He's on the trail to win comeback player of the year. And what does he need to do? He needs to lead the Steelers to the playoffs. That's what needs to happen. So when we come back from the break, we're going to look at some of the numbers averaged out of what Ben would do. And we're also then going to peek into a couple other players on the Steelers that, you know, maybe they could have a chance to be comeback player of the year if things don't work out with Ben. But um, we'll, we'll see how that all plays out. So we'll hit that back, coming back at you right after this break. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, we are back and better than ever with Steeler Stat Geek. This is Dave Schofield, co-editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, coming at you after just talking about what it's going to take for Ben Roethlisberger to get to be Comeback Player of the Year. So we've already got it. The biggest thing he needs to do, 
make the playoffs. If you look at the five players that we just discussed, Matt Stafford in 2011, Peyton Manning in 2012, Phillip Rivers in 2013, Andrew Luck in 2018, and Ryan Tannehill in 2019, and look at their stats, let's try to figure out what we could maybe say, hey, if Ben can hit these numbers, it should be a no-brainer. I didn't want to go back further than that, uh, not only because, you know, diving in, into the whole Michael Vick issue in 2010 with not 16 games and being a running quarterback, um, just because of the difference in the play in the league. So I, I just didn't want to go back too far. So what I did was, first thing I did with Ryan Tannehill, I took his stats and adjusted them to be if he would have played 16 games, just assuming that he would have done the same percentages and everything um, for six more games. Would have put him at, um, you know, obviously the same completion percentage. Because uh, the percentage wouldn't have changed, but it would have put him at um, uh, over four thousand yards, four thousand three hundred eighty-seven. It thirty-five touchdowns and ten interceptions is what it would have projected out to. But what I did was I averaged these five players to kind of see what they would have done. Well, first of all, let's look at the record. Their record averaged out to be ten and a half wins. I didn't round it because it was at 10 and a half. I'm like, 10 wins could do it. 11 wins could do it. Bottom line is, need them to be a playoff team by, by getting to those numbers. So that's one. Um, the average completions per attempt came to um, about 390 out of 577 uh, with an average percentage of um, 67.4% completion rate, uh, which is which is right there and doable. Um, the average yards came to 4,631. So now if we look at just the yards and we look at Ben Roethlisberger in years that he threw for more than 4,600 yards, he did it in 2018, obviously when he had 5,129. He did it in 2014 with 4,952. He didn't do it in the, in the other two years. But he might have if he would have played 16 games. Like in 2017, he had 4,251, but he didn't. He only played 15 games. He sat out week week 17 um, to rest for the playoffs. So you kind of got to look at that a little bit too. But those are the only only two times in his career that that he's thrown for more than uh, 4,600 yards. So it's not a given to hit that threshold. Here was the other thing: is the touchdowns, the average touchdowns of these players who have won this award is 37 touchdowns in a season, 37 passing touchdowns in a season. Ben Roethlisberger has never thrown that many passing touchdowns in a season. His most in his career was in 2018 when he threw 34. So that's a little bit concerning. It's like, Oh, can he really get the touchdowns to really win this award? The other thing that was 13 interceptions, that's basically almost kind of what you, you grow to expect from Roethlisberger. I mean, he had 23 back in 2006, but um, not not going back. You know, way back, going into the way back machine is when you when you would find that. If you want to look at more recent years, it was going from 2018 backwards. It was 16, 14, 13, 16. You uh, only had nine in that 2014 season when he had, almost, you know, was just within 50 yards of 5,000 yards. So that's not so much. So the question is, does Ben really have to throw for that many touchdowns to win this award? I personally don't think that he would. I think that the biggest thing is 
does he really is, is he a great person to qualify? Yeah, he he missed 14 and a half games last year due to injury. So I'm going to say yes, right there. He's got to lead his team to the playoffs and basically lead his team to the playoffs, not be, you know, that the team gets there in spite of. If the Steelers would have made the postseason in 2019, I think we can all admit that it would have been in spite of their quarterback play a lot of times, that the quarterback play was not the driving force behind what led the team to the playoffs. I think that's kind of safe to say that people could agree that pretty much the driving force last year with the Steelers' success was their defense. So if, if And it doesn't mean that Ben can't have a great defense. And it's not that Ben has to go out and put up these crazy stats in order to win this. But if the Steelers, the most important stat, I think, is going to be wins. If Ben leads the Steelers to 12 or 13 wins, I think it's he's a shoe-in for this award. If the Steelers are sitting at eight and eight and you know, maybe seeing if they can squeeze into playoffs, not so much. I don't think so. So it all comes down to does it have to be the yards? That'd be nice. Does he have to really hit that touchdown threshold? Nah, I mean, the lowest was Phillip Rivers won it when he didn't even miss the season before, and he had 32 touchdowns that season. So that's something that Ben Roethlisberger has has hit. Um, he's hit that number at least three times in his career. So I, it's a pretty good bet that that Ben, if the defense is playing the way they they should, and if the offense, I'm really excited about this offense from what I'm seeing in training camp. I couldn't help myself on the Scobro show Tuesday going on about how excited I am about, about watching the Steelers play. Um, there's, there's a lot of good things that could happen. So real quick, let's look at it. Cause there, there's a couple other Steelers that you could say, well, there's a few other guys that could maybe, maybe win comeback player of the year. What if, what if the, the Steelers do really well, but it's not their passing game. What if it's their running game? What if James Conner comes out and just has a beast of a season and comes out and runs the ball like crazy? Could he be considered for comeback comeback player of the year? Well, I'm I'm going back to 1999, which was which is how far back the uh, Associated Press did comeback player of the year regularly. They started it up again. I said 99, it was 98, sorry. Um the, I mean, there was other places that, that did it for the, for the time being, but just basically going back that far to where they had AP Comeback Player of the Year. I mean, they had it in the 60s, but from 67 to 97, they, they didn't award it. So let's start with 98. From that on, that point on, there's only one running back that has ever won the Comeback Player of the Year. That was Garrison Hurst in 2001. And when he did that, he had 252 rushes for 1,206 yards, only had four touchdowns, though. Um, he was a pro bowler, but he had missed the previous two seasons. That's correct, two seasons. He was out two years, came back, rushed for 1,200 yards, and won comeback player of the year. So I don't think James Conner is going to be a candidate for that because I, he, I, he didn't miss enough games last year to really be a strong comeback player. Uh, in my opinion, in the same boat, you could say Juju Smith-Schuster. Once again, he didn't miss that many games, but there have been more wide receivers to win comeback player of the year when you, you know, going back to 98. And 
that would be um, actually quite recently. In 2017, it was Keenan Allen. In 2016, it was Jordy Nelson. And back in 2005, there was a tie for Comeback Player of the Year where one of the players was wide receiver Steve Smith when he was with Carolina. Now, with those guys, they all put up crazy good numbers. Keenan Allen had, he was seven yards shy of 1,400 yards. He had over 100 receptions and six touchdowns. Um, Jordy Nelson was three yards shy of 1,300 yards when was three receptions shy of 300, but he had 14 touchdowns. And then Steve Smith in 05, he had 103 receptions, um, 1,563 yards and 12 touchdowns. But with these guys, um, Jordy Nelson, he missed the entire year the year before because he got knocked out in the same game that Marquise Pouncey got knocked out when it was the Steelers-Packers preseason game um, back in 2015. Then... Uh, Keenan Allen, he'd only played in, he played in one game the previous year and Steve Smith played in one game the previous year. So when it comes to wide receivers, much like running backs, they're pretty only, pretty much only giving it to guys that had missed the whole season. So I don't think James Connors really a candidate there. Now, the one other person I want to mention here before we, we bring this all back is what about Stefan Tewitt on the defense? I would have to say he has a much better shot than Connor or Juju one, because he missed 10 games. That's right there. But there's not a lot of defenders that win defensive player of the year. In fact, there's only been five since they, since 1999, uh, sorry, 1998. Sorry. Cause 99 was the, was the a year that some a defender did win it. O- only five in those, in that time. Um, it was one safety, two linebackers, um, a defensive end and a defensive tackle. And the defensive end, defensive tackle, they were back-to-back years. So let's look at them. And it was 20 years ago. In 2000, Joe Johnson of the, of the New Orleans Saints, he won Comeback Player of the Year. He, he missed the entire season the year before. Um, his numbers were he had three forced fumbles, two fumble recoveries, 12 sacks, 48 tackles, 11 of which were tackles for loss. The pre – now – I do have to remember that he's a defensive end. Stefan Tewitt is also listed as a defensive end. But the year before was a defensive tackle, who some people could argue that Stefan Tewitt is really a defensive tackle. That was Bryant Young uh, for the San Francisco 49ers. He won it in 1999. He had five passes defensed, 11 sacks, 41 tackles, 19 of them were for loss. Now, the thing about Bryant Young, he came back after having a broken leg the season before, but he broke his leg in the 12th game. He only missed four games due to injury and then came back and won it the next year. So if there's not anyone that's really jumping out on offense in around the NFL, you know, let's say Gronk doesn't do much. Let's say Ben just has an all right year that the, the the, the defense is leading the way. I mean, Ben's doing okay and, and everything. And the Steelers are winning because the Steelers would need to be winning if Stefan Tuitt wants to have a chance at, at doing this. But notice in both of these cases, Joe Johnson, 12 sacks, Bryant Young, 11 sacks. You've got to get to that double-digit uh, sack number in order to, to probably even be considered for that. Is that something Stefan Tuitt could do? Absolutely. But the biggest thing with him getting to that many sacks is probably he's got to be quicker than his teammates. 
because we saw that a lot in 2019 with Stefan to it when he played and even after Stefan to it was injured is that it was never a question about if the Steelers were going to get a sack on a given play. It was who, because they had to beat their teammates there to get the sack because they were all getting there so fast. So, um, We'll see how that works out for Tuit. So he's not beyond the realm of possibility. And if the Steelers' defense is just coming out and dominating the league, that is the one thing that that could really do it. It would have to be the whole defense is getting noticed and he's getting noticed for his, his individual awards. But as I said before, this is an individual award. It really is. But most of the time, players aren't even considered unless they have team success. So is this something that we want players focused on? Absolutely not. We want players focused on winning, winning those games, getting to the postseason, doing well in the postseason, all of those things. And these are things that if those things happen, then this award can come along and hopefully, you know, be brought home by someone on the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, now it has since 1998. It has uh, one time, 2002 quarterback Tommy Maddox uh, did win the comeback player of the year. And when it was when it was being presented in other years uh, by um, by the pro football writers, there was another one definitely in there for sure. I will. Um, there could have been even more, but in 1996, running back Jerome Bettis did win the award. So. Very interesting um, how, how that could go. So let's just say hopefully one of, the, one of our guys can pick this up this year because the Steelers are winning. If they're winning with dominating defense, maybe it's Stefan Tuitt. If they're winning with a great offense, hopefully it's Ben Roethlisberger. Either way, hopefully uh, it's going to be someone in black and gold. So that's our stat geek for this week. I hope you all had a great time. I hope I didn't just spit a bunch of numbers too much, but that's kind of what we do around here a little bit, but make sure you are um, giving giving behind the steel curtain that that five star rating or however it works with that wherever you're listening to these podcasts. Um, that really helps us out a lot. But just as much, if you have a stat geek question, please reach out to me on Twitter through email or go to behindthesteelcurtain.com on Thursday. You will see an article about Steeler Stat Geek, just go down to the comments and, 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 and throw a question in there. Or you can just find my email right there. But thank you so much for this time of running these numbers. And we will see you next Thursday for another episode of Steeler Stat Geek. So I just have to say, thanks for geeking out here.